Good afternoon, good morning. It's Mark Johnson from Loyalty360. Hope everyone's happy, safe, and well. I want to welcome you back to another edition of Loyalty Live. In this series, we speak with the leading agencies, technology partners, and consultants in customer channel and brand loyalty about what they are seeing and hearing on the front lines of customer channel and brand loyalty. We also address the technology trends and best practices that impact a brand's ability to drive unique experiences, enhance engagement, but most importantly, impact customer loyalty. And today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Roger Williams. He's the head of the Loyalty Center of Excellence at Cheetah Digital by Marigold. Uh, Cheetah Digital is a leader in the relationship marketing solutions, uh, enabling global enterprise brands to acquire, understand, engage, and most importantly, retain customers across the entire life cycle. It's a lot there, Roger. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you, Mark? Doing well, thank you. Uh, thank you for the take, uh, taking the time to speak with us today. Uh, for those who may not know you, I uh, would love to get a little bit about your background. You have a very extensive background in customer experience, customer loyalty. Maybe tell us a little bit about your current role at Cheetah and uh, maybe even a fun fact or a passion you have outside of work. Sure, absolutely. So I've worked in loyalty for over 25 years. Um, a lot of that has been in the airline space. Started my career as an airline frequent flyer uh, manager um, and worked in consulting for in technology for airlines for many years, mostly around the loyalty, ancillary revenue, and customer experience space. Uh, so most recently, I've worked for Marigold, and and we're really just going by Marigold now. It's kind of like when Prince changed his name, right? Um, so uh, <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. And um, so I've uh, been here at Marigold for two and a half years and really working in the strategy space. Um, I also uh, led one of our client success teams and back into strategy, um, uh, developing the loyalty center of excellence. Um, little known fact or... Maybe some people do know, but fun fact about me is um, I do live in Colorado in the mountains. So um, in my spare time, I like to operate heavy equipment, um, uh, excavators, backhoes, tractors. Um, I have to maintain my own road. So, um, yeah, it's kind of random. Uh, people are just like, really? Well, you know how to do that? And um, it's a lot of fun. That's awesome. Hopefully uh, you don't do what that uh, one actor did last year when he was plowing his driveway. No, no yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully yeah. not. No, that would be good. Um, Cheetah Digital, uh, now Marigold. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about what you guys do for those who may not know uh, kind of the, the, the offerings that uh, Marigold has, uh, you know, what brands you work with and what you do for them, how you create unique engagement and drive uh, brand loyalty? Sure, Mark. So we, we mainly work with retailers and restaurants. Um, as far as restaurants, you know, we're really including fine dining and, and QSR. Um, we, we do, um, so we have a broad portfolio of products, um, uh, including messaging. We are a, a large um, world-class uh, enterprise messaging company, but of course we, we do have a large loyalty footprint. So um, the entire thing has come together under um, what we like to describe as relationship marketing. Certainly it's a familiar term um, that goes back um, quite far, but really the, our point of view on that is about delivering personalized experiences for your customers um, in the moments that really matter to them. Uh, and, and our one superpower is able, is that we can deliver personalization at scale because we're not just a loyalty engine that, um, can measure several different signals and, um, analyze that, but we can also deliver that 
<clears throat> in the form of our very um, powerful uh, messaging capabilities at a, a very, very large scale. So we we do that for a, a number of, of, of clients um, from, you know, mission critical operations, uh, such as with American Airlines. If you're going to get a departure email, um, uh, likely that's coming from us. Um, and certainly on the loyalty side of things, um, we've worked with uh, and we work with several large brands that you know and love. Excellent. So when you look uh, at customer loyalty, I know you just released the state of brand loyalty in the U.S. Uh, for 2023, uh, which uh, spotlights some exclusive data on latest trends in customer loyalty that you're seeing. Can you give us a high level overview of the report, uh, maybe some key findings? Yeah, absolutely. So really interesting report. Um, a lot of work went into that. And, um, you know, it, so some of the things even surprised me, Mark. So the, the loyalty program usage um, has increased this year um, uh, by over half. Fifty-two uh, percent of consumers are engaging in loyalty programs, and what's really interesting is that more and more consumers are craving personalized experiences um, and unique brand experiences than ever before. And you know, you and I have been at conferences for many years. We've heard personalization for a long time, um, but, but the the demand from consumers continues to be there, where they really want that personalized personalized experience. We measure that at about four percent. Um, more this year, consumers are craving those experiences. Um, so what does that really mean, right? Uh, and, and one of the things that we discovered from um, surveying these folks is that about 72% of consumers, they're really prepared to put their money where their mouth is and pay more to purchase from their favorite brand. Um, so all these things together is they're demanding, you know, a lot more from that brand in terms of make sure that you're giving me a relevant and a personalized experience. And I will reward you as a consumer by spending more um, uh, per transaction and more overall. Now, the big story <laughs> that and the one that kind of surprised me is that switching costs, that old KPI that as loyalty managers we use to measure are going down. All right. Um, and with all this demand of, pers of personalized experiences, 70% of consumers don't feel particularly loyal to the brands that they purchase from because they're not delivering on those experiences. And a third of them are actually taking their business elsewhere. So a third of those consumers are just walking right out the door because brands are not delivering what they need to deliver on. And um, the report goes even further um, by saying, you know, 25% of those folks really have, they stated to us, they told us that the lack of a loyalty program was the main reason for them defecting to a competitor. Interesting. Okay. Uh, price can be a key driver when it comes to brand loyalty. Brands are focused on uh, emotional loyalty, getting a deeper connection with their customers, obviously a big topic, but when they, Customers state they're willing to pay a little more with brands that they frequently purchase from. You know, why is this the case and how should brands be leveraging that to, to enhance the behavior to drive deeper customer loyalty? What, what are you seeing there? You know, so one of the things that we, we tend to forget is that loyalty programs actually work. Um, and, you know, as, as loyalty managers, sometimes we're close to it and, and, and we don't necessarily experience our own programs. Um, but, you know, I actually join all of our, our clients' programs and, and I like to remind myself just how powerful that psychological um, impact is. And, and what it is really, it's, it's an intricate 
um, habitual pattern builder. Um, and, and it's really just step by step, right? So if you do this, you're going to get this. And you start to get into that, 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 that habitual pattern. And loyalty programs are really, really good at creating that. Even if you don't execute them um, as best as, as you need to, uh, just naturally, they do that. So that will just organically start to drive that price where folks are going to want to complete those hurdles in, in order to, to get what they want to do. And then suddenly price becomes less of a factor. It becomes less of, less of a barrier to them because they're trying to achieve um, the hurdle or, or the, the, the achievement that's built into the loyalty program. Okay. In the report, you noted that a third of U.S. consumers have switched away from a brand that they previously liked to buy from and they had some sort of affinity for, uh, citing better online experiences uh, with some of their competitors, uh, better brand purpose, uh, loyalty program is better overall, more aligned from a customer value proposition. Uh, you know, how can you get brands or how should brands be looking at that? Because still there's a big push and focus on acquisition, correct? Yeah, there, there's a really big push in acquisition, and, and we, we, we see that over-reliance in acquisition all the time. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're going to chat a little bit about kind of our approach with our customers, which is very strategic, and, and we really try to partner with the customers, and we're right there in the trenches with them, um, almost as a backup loyalty manager. And one of the big, big errors, um, missteps that I see in programs, and actually it's not coming from the loyalty managers, um, is that hyper-focus on acquisition. And it tends to come from other areas of the company, such as finance, all the areas that are putting pressure on the loyalty program um, where, you know, they might read an article in um, uh, QSR magazine or something like this, right, where um, you, you, there's a large brand that's saying, well, this amount of revenue um, comes from our program and we have this X many um, members and we're signing up all these members every month. So you tend to get that pressure from certain departments that may not kind of understand the intricacies of the loyalty program. And really what you should be focusing on is that activation. Because when we look at the programs that are hyper-focused on acquisition, um, it falls off a cliff, Mark. I mean, you, you can sign up people all day long and then they, they, they may um, have that one transaction in which you contextually sign them up or they have no transactions at all. And a lot of the reports that I've seen, it's just that it falls right off. So we really you know, would prefer for you to, to look at that, that second activity activation, there are a number of journeys, there are a number of techniques that we, we make available to our, our partners um, and our strategy department does a great job of really getting in there, engaging and kind of realigning the priorities and, and, and helping our, our, our very esteemed loyalty managers to, to fight that fight, if you would. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, too, as you mentioned, uh, acquisition is one thing, but uh, customer loyalty is a journey, as you mentioned, right? You have to have that dedicated and committed focus to it and on it, because if you cut that uh, or emotional loyalty processes or any kind of that, that engagement strategy, if they're cut, they can obviously have a short term benefit in, in uh, the financials, but long term, it's going to have a deleterious impact on the brand. So I think uh, the focus on retention, customer loyalty, listening to your customers, like you guys do is very important for sure. Uh, so when you look at this focus on acquisition, how how can brands pivot towards retention? Because that can be a mindset uh, focus sometimes, right? Can you can you provide some examples of brands uh, who have successfully refocused their efforts on retention and customer loyalty? Yeah, absolutely. Um 
uh, another example um, uh, that that I've worked on personally um, with with loyalty and, and and really driving that personalization, um, looking beyond the the you know seeing how can we get more out of a customer is relevance, and that example is with American Airlines, um, and you've, you probably heard me give this example before. Um, we did a promotion for them, you know, a couple of years back that uh, use zero party data or data that essentially things that customers tell us. And this was, you know, soon after COVID and um, American and a lot of airlines were, were struggling a little bit in terms of business travel and the type of travel that people be on. And those things were conflated in um, the reason behind travel. Why are people going certain places? And as you may remember for as long as ever, air, airline marketing has um, been guilty of sending you somewhat irrelevant destination recommendations in your email. So yeah, hey, Mark, you should go to these places and you're not interested in a single one of them. So what we did was actually we asked customers, members of, of, of the Advantage program in a visual way. We showed them two pictures, right? And it was <clears throat> the view you want to wake up to in the morning and what we pack in your bag. And based on that, we created an algorithm that generated five different personalized recommendations based on American's route map. And um, it was one of the most um, successful promotions ever because we simply asked customers what they wanted. And we were able to, at scale, distill that into actual offers and communications that got into your inbox. So if you said that you want to wake up to a beach destination and, you know, you, you look at a picture of the beach, then you'd get, you know, five different recommendations in a very clever format that were, you know, Miami, Miami beach or, you know, what, you know, LA, whatever it might be. Right. Um, yep. And it resonated really, really well. And the bottom line was an, a, an additional 20 bucks per booking for American airlines. So, so these things are, 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 tried and proven techniques. And, um, you know, there's a lot more things that you could be doing to make the uh, experience more relevant than simply going out there and trying to acquire more customers. Absolutely. Uh, great to hear the zero party data, because I think, especially with privacy concerns, uh, you know, 10 states have them, a growing number of states are looking at it. It's a great way to address that, right? Getting that explicit permission. And it creates a communication bond with the customer too, which you guys do such an effective job at, at developing and leveraging. And it's great to hear what you do with American Airlines for sure. So, so when you look at uh, the research, uh, it's clear that consumers still appreciate a rewards program that can deliver some discounts, especially in some of the economic uncertain times that we may be having. Uh, but it's clear also that there are other components that can drive true loyalty as well. You know, wh what uh, did you see in, uh, in developing the report? Yeah, so one of the things that really reinforce the notion that and the reason why we invest in so many other loyalty levers besides just transactional, um, and, and we try to listen to the customers and, and help our marketers to distill that at scale, in the report, we found that 13% versus 8% of consumers wanted personalized recommendations over discounts, right? So, you know, 13% wanted personalized recommendations um, and then, you know, 8% wanted discounts. Um, and we, we're continuing to see that gap 
grow, right? The the gap between members that simply want a rebate program or a retained coupon program, something that's going to be a little bit mind-numbing, quite frankly. You know, there's programs out there that, you know, would send you a coupon on a schedule and then you're never ready for that and the coupon expires in 30 days. Um, these things create a lot of consternation and, and, and they've been building up for a long time where, you know, we've seen this proliferation of, of, of programs that, that kind of have this very rigid marketer centric, you know, finance centric, liability management centric approach. And, and consumers are rebelling against that. And, 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 and the report's really, really showing something that, you know, we, we, we had a feeling for, for a very long time. Okay. Personalization is another key uh, aspect of successful loyalty programs, big focus for brands, uh, being able to do it at scale, making sure they have the right technology. Uh, your latest report included some breakdowns by demographics. You know, how can brands uh, across various verticals effectively leverage data and disparate customer insights to create personalized uh, experiences through the different demographics? What are you seeing there? Yeah, what we really see for the, the various demographics, and, and there's there's nuances between each of these demographics, but we are seeing commonalities where some of the younger generations and the older generations are having very similar priorities and, and needs. Um, so there are a few immutable truths that you know I'd like you to kind of just, just you know retain and, and hang on to, and um, you know th- it's really kind of three things, right? Relevance timing and the channel. Um, And and these really transcend um, those uh, demographics. Okay. When you look at uh, customer expectations, definitely changing. They change going in through COVID. This is a question we like to ask brands as well. What what are they seeing? Uh, And multi-programs and strategies are, they had to adapt, right? Uh, Rather quickly. And uh, we saw that in research we did last year that, that brands want to, a significant number of brands want to either redo or add incrementality or redesign their program. So when you look at the customer expectations as they are changing, how do you envision the future of loyalty uh, programs in, in various industries evolving, considering the new technology, considering the changing in customer behaviors? Yeah, that's a great question. So w- one of the ways we see this evolution, Mark, and, and we've seen it for some time, it's just that the technology wasn't necessarily there to support um, the desire by uh, our, our brand and loyalty marketers. And one of the things that we see is that, um, especially restaurant programs, they're, they're taking a deeper look at revenue integrity, right? So it's so really evaluating where the member is in their life cycle and yeah. determining, um, you know, if discounting is warranted. Um, because as you may know, depending on where you are in the life cycle, um, you may or may not be open to a discount. Just as we just talked about where folks are looking for personalization. Well, that varies all the time. And there's, there's different personas. So for instance, if you're a commuter and you're going to your favorite QSR in the mornings, um, you, you're, you're one persona, but then you're going to take your family to the same um, restaurant or, or QSR on the weekends, then you're in a completely different persona. And, and, and that's momentary. That can be within the same week or within several weeks, you could, um, you could evolve in a very simple way where you're buying less or you're staying the same, or you're buying more. So based on those things, we're able to then scientifically inform our marketers and saying, well, 
at this particular moment in time in this life cycle of this customer for this segment of one, you don't need to give them a discount. And right. what we've seen happening before, um, and still now today, right? If and and there's there's systems out there that struggle to to support this, and, and we're able to do it. Is um, you really want to be able to then look? Sorry, you have 10 million members. Are you sending all those 10 million members a 20% discount offer? Is that really necessary? Probably not, because they're all in different stages of their life cycle. So we're really getting a lot of demand from that. And we're also trying to um, help our partners um, to synthesize soft benefits. Soft benefits is going to really make a comeback. A lot of these programs have kind of fashioned themselves on the airline um, frequent flyer model. And I kind of chuckle when I see it because I was part of that for most of my career. Um, and one of the things that we had to work with organically in the airline space was soft benefits, right? Uh, uh, get you through security faster, um, get you a, a seat upgrade. There, there's, there's all these, you know, get you in the lounge, you know, all, all these different things, right? Waving things. Um, but in an in environment like restaurants and retail, sometimes you don't necessarily have those. Like you're not going to have like a VIP line at the register. Um, but there's, there's other clever ways that we can come up with a, a, a number of soft benefits and, and we're helping our partners to do that now. Okay. What's one piece of advice you would give to a brand uh, that's looking to uh, adapt or innovate their loyalty program? And as I mentioned, big interest in that. You know, Are there any quick wins uh, that a brand could implement or consider uh, in its current program uh, to help you know, keep you know, customers coming back? There, there's always a quick win, right? Um, and <laughs> well, we, we really try to avoid those uh, where, and it, it's funny because we get that question a lot, right? Um, where, hey, give us some quick wins. And then if you end up looking at all of your meeting notes for the last, you know, several years in a relationship, then every meeting is saying, hey, what are the quick wins? Um, so when does a quick win really stop? And what I would advise our loyalty marketers out there is that um, surprise and delight, um, it, it's great, but it, it, it really won't be successful long term. Um, so, you know, one of the things that I like to focus on is um, a mantra I, I, I learned from a great loyalty marketer. His name is Mike Capizzi. And, and it goes a little something like this, where uh, tell your members what you plan to do and then remind them what you just did when you deliver on that. And, and, and that, that, that is really important to, to really reinforce that habitual patterns that we talked about earlier, where we sometimes underestimate the power of incentives and folks driving towards that. And simply then communicating that and putting it in a predictable construct is way, way more powerful than quick wins. That makes sense. Absolutely. So, so when you look at 2023, uh, do you have any closing advice or thoughts for brands? Uh, or, and maybe even well, what's next for Cheetah Digital? I'm sorry, like Marigold. What, what are you focused on uh, to help brands for the remainder of 23? Yeah, absolutely. So <clears throat> really, this year, we're looking at a strategy first year. So for a very long time, um, it, we, we've had a professional services organization that are very talented. I'm part of that that organization as far as strategy. And um, really uh, for the first time, our, our leadership um, has has really um, put us front and center. And, and we're, we're, we're leading strategy first, where in all of our partnerships from whether or not we're, we're gonna discuss um, you know, early on, if you'd like to consider what we have to offer or you're a long time um, uh, 
customer of ours, client of ours, then we, we're really just leaning in with strategy. And that's one thing that I, you know, I, I would share with our marketers out there, whether you're, you're with us or one of the other many loyalty providers out there, is really to look at the strategy first um, and try and figure out what is it that you're solving for. Um, those objectives and, and putting in those key results and those goals are really, really important. Um, the other thing is that that we're doing at Marigold is um, we're doubling down on, on a seamless end-to-end experience for our marketers, right? For our marketers that are happy, um, they're, our end users, their their customers are going to be happy as well. So that starts with that strategy, and um, it's making sure that you're you're interfacing with client success folks and um, technical resources and support resources that all know and understand your business. So another thing that we've done is actually we've invested in certifications for all of our client-facing um, staff, certifications similar to what I have and the other strategists have, where almost anyone has strategy chops in our organization, even if they sit in a technical um, uh, role or support role, so they understand where your business is going. And, and our leadership thought it was very important for us to do that. So we're at the end of the day, we're really dedicated to um, uh, loyalty uh, for, for our clients. That's awesome. Well, Roger, it's always a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, you're a, a fountain of wisdom uh, with regard to customer loyalty, customer experience. And it's great to hear uh, some of the insights from the uh, paper. Uh, I actually perused it. I need to read it in more depth. But uh, thank you for what you did in the re- report. And thank you for all you do for the industry because customer loyalty is more important than ever before. And uh, Marigold continues to kind of set the pace uh, on the technology and strategy side. So it's great to see. Mark, it was my pleasure, and thank you so much for the great work that you do in your organization. We really appreciate it. It's always great to be here. Absolutely. Uh, thanks again, everyone, for uh, joining in. Make sure you uh, access and download a copy of the report. I think the link will be in the notes. And have a wonderful day. And join us back for another edition of Multi Live soon. Thanks.